Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus. Amen. What a joyous day to be in God's house, to worship and to praise Him. What a great day it is to be alive in Christ. What a great day it is to be here as we celebrate this joyous occasion of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. What a joyous day it is to be here with this confirmation class, or at least half of them at this point, as they stand before us today and confirm this faith in Jesus Christ into which they were baptized. What a joyous day it is to be in God's house. Throughout Holy Week, uh, which begins today, throughout Holy Week, we will be focusing on a Greek word, this word tetelestai. Tetelestai. Tetelestai is a Greek word which means it is finished. And that is the word that Jesus spoke as he hung on the cross and breathed his last. He said, it is finished. And so what we will do throughout Holy Week is take one of these words each day. Today, focusing on the word it. Monday, Thursday, the word is. Good Friday, the word finished. And next Sunday on Easter Sunday, putting the whole thing together. It is finished. Tetelestai. Let me put that word on the screen for you. Tetelestai. 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 Everybody, say that. Say that so you can get it ringing in your head. Tetelestai. 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 This literally means it is finished. It is finished. So what are we talking about today or this Holy Week when we say it is finished? What's finished? Confirmation students, are, are, am I saying it's finished? You're, you're learning about the faith. You're, you're just done. You're, you're finished. You never have to open the Bible again. Never have to come to church again. Don't need to be involved. It's, it's finished. It's over with. No. No, that's not what we're talking about. It is finished. What are we, what are we talking about? Are we talking about uh, the fact that the, the, the Michigan State Spartans don't have a chance at the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship? It's finished? Is that... But Michigan Wolverines do? I don't, I don't care either way, except that I have Michigan going to the final game and then losing. So, I'm from Minnesota. What do you say? What? It is finished. Is that what we're talking about? No. It is finished. What are we talking about? We're talking about the work of Jesus Christ to save sinners. It is finished. It's done. It's, it's completed. Sinners have salvation through Jesus Christ. It is it is finished. Tetelestai. Tetelestai. There's a lot of meat. There's a lot of meat behind this Greek word. And, and I don't want to belabor the point too much today. We'll flesh it out each day. But there's a lot of meat behind this word. When it's translated into English and we say it is finished, it feels like we're talking about something that's in the past. That it's, it's done. It's complete. It's over with. It can be forgotten about. Kind of like when I, when I finished my breakfast this morning. And my bowl was empty, and I looked at my bowl, and I said to myself, good job, Aaron, it is finished. Yes, this is how I speak to myself. I, I congratulate, it is finished. Yes, well done, Aaron. No, no, it, 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 this, this word has more meaning to it. In Greek, it doesn't just mean something that happened a long, long time ago that can just be forgotten about. The, the meaning behind this word means the, the action happened, Jesus died, but the effects go on and on and on and on unto eternity, okay? That, that's what's built into this word. It means Jesus did something in the past, but the effects of that action go on and on and on and on into eternity. It is finished. Jesus died, but the effects go on and on and on. 
Today, I said that specifically we'll be talking about this word, it. It. Two letters. It. It. What is it about that word, it? When my kids were learning how to speak, and maybe those of you who have raised kids, uh, you know, I, I remember my children pointing at things that they wanted and making a sound that sounded like this. Eh, eh, eh. Something like that, right? Yeah. You point at something, and you, ah, eh, eh. it almost sounds like it. Almost sounds like it, right? But without words. So today, what we're pointing at is Jesus. What we're pointing at is Jesus, and we desire Jesus, and we know that Jesus is something. But as we point at Jesus, I ask you today, do you know what it is that he has done for you? Do you know it? Do you know it? And do you believe it? Confirmation students, do you know it? Do you know it? Do you know what Jesus has done for you? Do you know it? This is why you've come to confirmation class for the last two years, some of you uh, in immersive study this year, but do you, do you know it? Do you know it? And you're thinking, yeah, pastor, we know it, and you know that we know it because we all passed our final test, right? I gotta make that thing harder, don't I? Wasn't that, wasn't that kind of easy, that final test? I'll make it harder for next year, right? Some of you have younger siblings. Yeah, next year it'll be much harder, right? Do you know it? Or what is it that we as Christians need to know? Philippians chapter 2, I think, explains it pretty well. This is what the Apostle Paul says. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, by being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. What is it that Jesus did? Jesus is God, right? Jesus is God. God humbled himself by becoming a human. That's a big statement of humility for God, to become a human. But he didn't just become any kind of human. He took the form of a servant, a lowly form of humanity. And then what did he do? He went to the lowliest place that humans go to the point of death. But not just any old kind of death. He went to the lowliest kind of death, to a criminal's cross. God, almighty, perfect, went to the death penalty for you and for me. Jesus Christ died. But did Jesus stay dead? How many times have I asked you that? Did Jesus stay dead? No, he did not stay dead. He rose from the dead in order that God could exalt him, which means lift him up and place him in a position of authority. And so Paul goes on to say this. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. That means lifted him up and bestowed on him. That means given to him the name that is above every other name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Did you hear it? Did you hear it in there? Did you hear it? Do you, do you get it? It. What did Jesus do for us? This. Listen closely. Jesus was born. Jesus died. Jesus rose. Jesus ascended into heaven. Jesus has all authority right now. And Jesus is coming back to make all things new. This is it. This is it. This is Christianity. This is it. Jesus is it. Jesus is it. Everything. It. On that first Palm Sunday, on that first Palm Sunday, Jesus was arriving in the city of Jerusalem 
in order to spend the very last week of his life in this city. He was traveling with his buddies, with his pals that he had gotten to know over the last three years. And many of them were, were along with him, and, and crowds had gathered as well around Jesus because they had heard that he had raised Lazarus from the dead, and they wanted to come and see this guy. So crowds were gathering. But it wasn't just to see Jesus. Crowds were gathering into Jerusalem for an annual feast called the Passover. It was hundreds of thousands of pilgrims coming and gathering into Jerusalem. So Jesus and his friends and the crowds among them join all of these crowds trying to get into the city. It's just the same deal as the masses flock to New York City to watch the ball drop on New Year's Eve. Annually, hundreds of thousands of Jews came into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And as Jesus was just outside of the city, he mounted the back of a little donkey. There were two donkeys, a big donkey and a little one, and Jesus got on the little one. Talk about humility, right? Kings ride on big, shiny white horses. Jesus rode on a small little donkey to process in. But people noticed something about this Jesus. They wanted him to be their king, and so they laid their coats on the ground. They grabbed palm branches and waved them in the air, a triumphal, kingly entry into Jerusalem. And they shouted, what? Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, again, literally means save us now. They wanted this Jesus to be their savior, their king. But did they know what kind of king he would be? Did they know it? Do you think those crowds knew it? Did his disciples know it? Did they know it? Did they know what he was really, truly going to be doing? Did they get it? Did they get it? Confirmation students, again, Marcus and I love you guys, and we've spent time with you, teaching you. It's our goal. It's our goal in teaching you that as you look at Jesus, that you can say more than just, eh, 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 right? We, we, in this confirmation process, you're going from a childlike faith to an adult faith. We want you to have more than just looking at Jesus and saying, eh, eh, he's important, eh, we want you, it's our goal that you will have words to describe the love of Jesus for you. That you can boldly confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That you can personally and, and very simply in your own words talk to a friend or a family member about what it is that Jesus has done for you. This is our main goal, our main priority here in confirmation. Remember, at your baptism, at your baptism, you received it. At your baptism, you received it. God came to you. God claimed you. God washed you. God promised to protect you, to be with you always. You received it then. Today, you get to confirm it. To confirm it. But here's the deal. This week, as we join together for worship, and I'd strongly encourage that you come on Thursday and Friday, and because as we have those worship services, what we will find out very quickly is that it is very easy for us to fall away from the faith or to have a weak faith. Because what we'll see on Thursday is that Jesus' closest friends betray him and deny him when, when times get tough. And then on Friday, as he's hanging and, and dying, 
Not many of his friends are gathered there with him. They are selfishly running away and locking themselves in a room, afraid for their own lives. They don't want to be associated with Jesus. So, confirmation students, we'll ask you today in this rite of confirmation, are you going to stand on this testimony, this witness of Jesus Christ, even, even to the point of death, even if death was being threatened to you? Ooh, that's a big, bold confirmation, confession. But Christian people, what about you? What about you when the, when the times get tough, when things aren't going right, if, if you're being persecuted or made fun of, what will you do? Will you hold strong to the faith? Here's the deal. We can make all the confessions, confirmations, commitments that we want, but if you're anything like me, we don't hold to those things very well, do we? We don't hold to, we're not very faithful people. So the good news in this whole thing, the good news of it is that God is faithful to you. God is faithful to you. God is faithful for you sinners. God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? God did not spare his son, but he gave him up so that you can have everything. God is for you. So when you are faithless or your faith is weak, God is faithful for you. When you are selfish or self-concerned, God is selfless for you. This is it. This is it. Do you know it? Do you get it? This is it. This is it. Jesus is it. One last thing about this word, it. I like to teach people words, right? I like to teach people words. You guys know I like to teach words. Congregation that's here, I, I like words. They have a lot of meaning. That's why we're spending time teaching you a Greek word. But today, one word. Can you guys, one word, it, it. I want you to imagine with me this word, it. And you're going to see this word, it, a lot. You say it a lot, okay? So every time from now on, when you see or say the word, it, I want you to have this image in your mind. It's two letters. The second letter, T, looks like what shape? A cross. What's the first letter? I. Every time that you see or say the word it, I want you to be thinking Jesus is speaking to you and Jesus is saying, I died on the cross for you. Hmm. Right? Jesus says to you, I died on the cross for you. Just pay attention the rest of this day even, how many times you're going to say or see the word it. And every time that you do, I want you to be thinking Jesus is speaking to you saying, I died on the cross for you. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is the deal. Jesus is it. Jesus is where it's at. <laughs> Jesus is where it's at. This is it. This is it. Hold on to that faith, my dear friends, in Christ. And this week, let's journey with Jesus as he walks through these streets of Jerusalem. And let's journey with him to that point of cro the cross and ultimately to that empty tomb. I pray that you'll join us for worship this week, Thursday at 7 p.m., Friday at 1 or 7. And then we'll see you on Easter morning for services at 8.30 or 11. Go in God's peace. Jesus is where it's at. In his name, amen. Amen.